Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Hey, we've been having a good time with this series called Family Goals. Everybody say Family Goals. And the heart of this series really comes from this word, this word family. In fact, every year at the beginning of the year, we pray and we ask God to give us a focus, to give us a theme, to give us one word for the year that really drives our vision for the year. And at the beginning of this year, I felt like God put it in my heart that our word for the church, our focus for this year is this word family. And so from that idea comes this idea of, hey, what does God want for the family? What does God want for your family? What does God want for us as a family, as a church family? What does God want for our for our extended family in our community? And from that, we've just really kind of settled on four family goals for this year. Four things that are going to be our theme, our focus, things that are going to drive us forward through this year. And we're just going to, I'm just going to remind you of them. The first one is this, is to strengthen families. So everybody say strengthen families. Strengthen families. We talked a bit, a bit about that last week. We talked about what it means to be a strong family in God. And it's not just really a sermon that we preach, but it's something we're going to be doing throughout this year. We got several different opportunities for you to grow as a family this year. In fact, coming up just this week on Friday is our family date night. And I'm telling you what, it comes at a good time because Valentine's Day, guys, if you don't know this, it's on Wednesday. You better take care of your spouse. Come on, right? All the ladies said, amen. And one of the ways you can do that is bring your kids to the church, have child care, give a little bit to missions. And, and that's one way to strengthen families. We've got other stuff coming up, fam jam, different things throughout the year that are coming up so that we can be stronger, godly families. The second goal, which we're going to deal with a little bit today, but it's going to be carrying throughout the rest of this year, is that is we want to equip parents. So everybody say equip parents. So all of the parents, man, we want to give you the tools that you're going to need to raise godly children, to raise a, a godly legacy in your family and in your children and in the next generation. We got great stuff coming up this year. You just be watching. We got a parent seminar. We got several different things that are coming up this year. And we're going to talk about it a little bit today. And that's the second goal. The third goal is this, and this is for every single one of us, is that we would grow in love. So everybody they say grow in love grow in love that man God wants us to not just have a family but to be a part of his family and to learn to love one another we're going to deal with that a little bit next week another series coming up love like Jesus all kinds of great stuff that's going to help us to grow in this area and the last goal is this is that people who don't have a family how many know they need a family too and there are people in our community that need to be a part of this family but there are also children in our area who literally need to to be a part of a family, orphans and people in foster care. And I'm telling you, I am so excited about two weeks from today, a guest speaker that we're bringing in because this year we're going to be partnering with a group of people, a ministry called Family First. And I'm telling you, I believe God's going to put on some of your hearts to be foster parents and to adopt children and to bring people, kids into your own, into your home to make, make room in your family for these people that these kids that don't have a family, we're going to care for orphans. Come on. Right. Isn't that exciting? Right. Like a couple of you. You're excited. I'm excited. 
And this year, I'm telling you, we are focusing on families, strengthening families, equipping parents, growing in love with one another, caring for the orphans and the people that don't have a family in our area because that's what God wants, right? Come on. I want my family goals to be God's family goals. Come on. I want what he wants, his priorities, his values to be at the center of everything that I do in my life and my family as a church family in our community. And that's what this series is really all about. So today we're going to dive into this second goal and we're going to talk to the parents. So do I have any parents in the house today? Come on, if you're a parent, raise your hand all over the room. Okay, now put them down. How many of you are not a parent today? Come on, raise your hand. Okay, there are a few of you that are not. Now here's what I know. All right. As I talk about, I'm going to talk to the parents. Here's the temptation for everyone that just raised your hand said, I'm not a parent. Here's the temptation. Oh, this message is not for me. I can play on my phone. I can get on Facebook. I can do other stuff. And I'm telling you, if you do that today, you are making a mistake. In fact, everybody look at your neighbor and just say, don't make that mistake. Come on, tell them, don't make that mistake. Because here's what I know. Even if you're not a parent, you don't have children here today. First of all, one day you might. Come on, right? Secondly is this, is that this is not just about parents and children. Man, today I'm going to be teaching you some stuff about relationship skills that will help you even if you're not a parent. So be sure and listen up. Come on, everybody say, listen up. Secondly, let me say this. If you raise your hand and you said you are a parent, I'm telling you today is your day. So everybody look at your other neighbor on your other side, your second choice and tell them today's your day. Listen up because we're going to teach you some tools in the trade, how to be a godly parent. Because here's the deal. Being a parent, come on, all of you that raise your hand, being a parent, it's hard work. Come on. You know what I'm saying? It's tough. Like, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's a tough job, whether you're, whether you're a parent of a toddler, whether you're a parent of a baby, whether you're a parent of a teenager, even if your children are already grown, man, there's a lot of work that goes into being a parent. In fact, I came across this. I thought it was kind of funny. It's called the job description of a parent. And here's how it reads. Long-term, energetic team players needed for challenging, permanent work in a busy and often chaotic environment. Candidates must possess excellent communication and organizational skills and be willing to work variable hours, which will include evenings and weekends and frequent 24-hour shifts on call. Successful candidates are given a few hours of sleep per night for the first few years, increasing to more as you remain in the position. Even during sleeping time, successful candidates should be able to wake up and resume normal duty at a second's notice. There are bathroom breaks permitted, but these will be accompanied by small people. Be prepared to answer any questions they may ask while doing this task. Some overnight travel will be required, including trips on rainy weekends and endless sporting tournament, sports tournaments in faraway towns and villages. Travel expenses will never be reimbursed. Extensive and repetitive courier duties will also be required. Responsibilities must be willing to be hated, at least temporarily, until someone needs money. Must be willing to bite your tongue repeatedly also must possess the physical stamina of a lion and be able to go from zero to 60 miles per hour in three seconds flats. Must be willing to face stimulating technical challenges such as small toy repair and stubborn zippers. 
must maintain calendars and coordinate production of multiple homework projects, must have the ability to plan and organize social gatherings for clients of all ages and mental outlooks, (laughs) must be willing to be indispensable one minute and an embarrassment the next. Responsibilities also include floor maintenance and janitorial work throughout the building. Previous experience, none is required. On-the-job training will be offered on a continually exhausting basis. Wages and compensation, none. Instead, you're the one who pays. You will also offer frequent raises and bonuses to your clients. A balloon payment is due when the clients turn 18 under the assumption that college will help them to finally be financially independent. Benefits. There are no health benefits. No dental insurance, no pension, no tuition, reimbursement, no paid holidays, no stop, uh, stock options are offered. This job supplies limitless opportunities for personal growth and free hugs for life. <laughs> Skills that are required. The ability to get through the day on less than three hours sleep. The ability to carry out repetitive tasks without complaint. Expert in one-handed tasks, fluency in nursery rhymes, and flexibility to touch your head and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. <laughs> Detailed knowledge of all Disney characters. Knowledge of all the words to the song, let it go, let it go. The ability to stay silent and composed even upon stepping on a Lego barefoot. Come on, how many would say that's pretty much what a parent does? It's a big job. And if you're going to do that job, guess what? You're going to need some tools. You're going to need some equipment, some heavy machinery, like this stuff that we see out here in the parking area and stuff like that. You need some stuff like that to help you to, to parent these children. And so we're going to talk about that today. What are the tools of the trade? And today I want us to see three tools that every parent needs. And in order to see this, we're going to look at this passage of Scripture. It's actually found in Mark chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn with me to Mark chapter 10. And, and we're going to look at verse number 16. And while you're turning there, let me just kind of set it up for you. Some parents are bringing their children to Jesus. And when they bring him to Jesus, the disciples say, hey, don't bother Jesus with the kids. He ain't got time for snotty nosed little brats. Keep them at the kids table because Jesus is a busy and important man. And when Jesus sees what the disciples are doing, the Bible says that Jesus actually becomes angry. And he says these words, let the children come to me. And then look what Mark says about it in verse number 16. And it's from this little verse here we're going to get the three tools of the trade and that is this then Jesus took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their head and blessed them in this one little verse we're going to see three key tools that every parent needs if you're going to raise children who are going to be blessed if you're taking notes write them down the first one is this if you're going to raise godly children you're going to need loving touch this is your first tool In fact, this is what we see in verse number 13. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so that he could what? So that he could touch and bless them. Now, I got to be honest. When when I hear that, like from from my upbringing and my church background, when I think of Jesus touching and blessing people, I have a picture that comes to my mind. It's kind of like the picture of the bad hair evangelist on the bad preaching channel. You know what I'm saying? And he's touching people like, be healed in my name. You know what I'm saying like that? But normally be healed in Jesus name. But Jesus said in my name, you know, just be healed, whatever. 
But that's not really actually what was happening there when he, when he was touching the children. In fact, it's a really a different image that we, we may not even have thought of. But if you look at, you look at this word touch in the Greek, what it actually meant was it meant to attach oneself or to embrace or to show physical affection. So really the image here is of Jesus not putting his hand on their head and saying, be blessed and healed in Jesus' name. It was more, it was more like Jesus maybe kicking back on a rock. Maybe out in a field somewhere and saying to the kids, come on kids, bring it on. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe he wrestled around with them a little bit. Maybe, maybe he gave them a high five. Maybe he gave them a, a fist bump. Maybe he played a little, little tag and chased them around a little. Maybe, maybe he put his hand on their head and he, and he spoke some encouraging words. Like, man, I really like that tunic. Where'd you get it? You know I mean? Look at those sandals. Are those River Jordans? You see what I did there? Come on. That's, I work hard on this stuff, y'all. So you got to help me out. Like, I mean, like maybe he did. Like, like I just get this picture of Jesus, like just putting his hand on their head and just say, hey, what's up? You know, give him a high five and just, just love it on the kids, like showing them affection. In fact, it's one of my favorite things to do when I'm out in the lobby. You see that I try to be out there as you guys are coming in because one of my favorite things to do is high five the kids and fist bump them and say, what's up? How you doing? In fact, this morning, one of my favorite little guys, he came up and just big old hug and then I held him and put his head on my shoulder and I'm just like, yes. And I imagine this is what Jesus was like. Like he was like, bring the little children to me. Let me bless them. Let, let me show them loving touch and, and affection towards them. And let me just tell you something, moms and dads, this is one of the greatest tools you have in your arsenal to show affection to your children. And I'm telling you, they need this from you. It is key in their development and in their maturity and in them becoming all that God has made them to be, that you would express and you would show loving touch and affection towards them. In fact, it reminds me of a story I heard, true story of a, of a king in the 13th century, a guy by the name of King Frederick III. And this guy was very unusual, very exotic. I mean, he did some, some weird stuff and he would do these, these crazy different experiments. He did this one experiment where what he wanted to find out is he wanted to find out what language would someone speak if they never heard anybody else speak language. So in order to do this experiment, he took 50 babies when they were first born and he secluded them from everyone else and he hired some nurses to only take care of their physical needs. They could feed them and they could, you know, change their diapers and whatever, but they they could not pick them up and show them affection or speak any words to them. And here's the tragic thing, was that the experiment failed miserably because all 50 babies died within the first year. It's tragic. I know some of you are like, man, I'm shocked by that. Pastor, why would you even tell us that? And here's why I would tell you. It wasn't the physical needs that caused them to die. It was the lack of human touch, the lack of loving touch and affection. Because see, guys, we were built this way. We were built to need it, not to just need air and food and water, but to need affection and touch from people who love us. And moms and dads, this is the greatest responsibility that God has given us. These children, he has put them into our hands. And one of the greatest gifts that we can give them is to show them this physical love and affection and and touch. And there is something about physical touch that's powerful. Like you look at Jesus, you study his ministry and in the New Testament, about 20 different times, it talks about how Jesus touched people. And every time it was, it was somehow, 
had to do with healing. He would touch people and they would be healed. And here's the deal, guys. There is healing in physical touch. There is healing in appropriate, loving, and affectionate touch. And God wants you to be that for your kids as parents, as moms and dads. Let me just tell you, moms, let me talk to you for a second. Your your kids need this. You are the nurturers. Man, they look to you for this loving affection that God put inside of them, this desire to need. It's, it's more than just food and air and water. It's, it's affection that they were wired to need. Mom, moms, you need this. You are the nurturer. Never, ever be too busy to put down the dishes and to set down your phone and to pick up your child and love them. And let me talk to you dads for just a second. See, it's more natural with the moms. Moms are like, hey, man, I kind of, I get that because that naturally happens in them. But guess what, dads? Your kids need it from you. And you know what the tendency is? I'm macho. I'm too cool for hugs. I don't do, I don't do that mushy stuff. And let me just tell you something. If dads, if you really want to raise godly children who will be mature, if you want, if you want blessed children, you know what's going to have to happen is you're going to have to drop the macho. And you're going to have to be the loving father that God made you and created you to be. And let me just say this. It's not just when they're little. It's even as they grow older. You know, studies have actually shown that teenagers actually have this need even more than little children. Now, they're not going to tell you that. They're going to act like they don't need it or want it. But they do. And here's the thing. Even as they get a little older, it can be a little bit more uncomfortable. You know, I mean... I'll just tell you, I have two teenage daughters. And so as they become teenagers, they become young women. And so that feels a little more uncomfortable or whatever. But guess what, dads? They still need it from you. And here's the thing. The greatest deterrent to sexual sin in your daughter's life will be that they get the appropriate loving touch and affection that they need from their dad at home. And if you will love them and if you will give them appropriate affection in the home, guess what? They won't look for it from other boys. And you know what? It's not just the girls. It's the boys. They need it too, even as they become teenagers. And they're going to act like they're macho and cool too because they're going to take their cue from the dads, right? But here's the deal. They still need it. And it may have to, you may have to get creative. It may have to look a little different. It may be more like, hey, instead of give me a hug, give daddy kisses, it may have to be, hey, fist bump, you know, come on, secret handshake, you know, wrestle on the ground or whatever. But I'm telling you, they need it. It makes all the difference. The tools of parenting, the tools that we take our cue from the tools that Jesus used. Loving touch. Number two, write this one down. Second thing is that we, our children, here's what they need from us. They need abundant time. Check this out in verse number 13. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so that he could touch and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. And when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said, let the children come to me and do not stop them. See, here's what I want you to notice. Jesus had time for the kids. Now, here's the thing. I mean, if anybody was busy, it was Jesus. Like if anybody had important stuff to do, it was Jesus. I mean, okay, he's the son of God, savior of the world. He had a lot of stuff to do, people to heal, sermons to preach, parables to teach. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like he had stuff, ministry appointments, places to be, but he was willing to stop all of that to realize that the children are ministry too, to make time for the kids. And can I tell you, man, in this society that we live in, like we're busy. We got a lot of stuff to do. 
And a lot of the stuff we got to do is important, like places we got to be, stuff that appointments we got to make. I mean, we all have stuff. But can I tell you, nothing that you have on your calendar is more important than those children that God has placed in your carry. And you better make sure that you are making time for them, that you are giving them not just time, but giving them abundant time. Because here's the deal, man. We, we run around, race around all over the place in this world. It kind of reminds me of NASCAR. Come on, do I have any NASCAR fans in the house? A couple of you. I'm not a big NASCAR fan. I'll tell you, though, that my son, Easton, he's two years old, and he likes the movie Cars. Anybody ever watched Cars before? I, I'll tell you, I like it too, all right? It's a good movie. And he likes to get his cars and, and do and play with his cars. He likes to watch the movie. In fact, a couple of, a couple, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, my wife texted me this picture. I put it up there for you for the cuteness factor today. This is my little boy, Easton. You see he's got his little Lightning McQueen. And you see he's got all the other little cars around it. You know what he's doing? He's seen it on, on the car the movie. He's doing the pit stop. Can you see that? Come on. (laughs) Smartest kid ever. I'm just saying. And and that's what's interesting about NASCAR and races and any of the races. Have you ever seen the pit stop? The way that, I mean, it's crazy. These cars, they just come in at 200 miles an hour. And I mean, these people, the pit crew gets all around them to change the tire and put in gas and change the oil and wash the windshield and eat a cheeseburger all in about 15 seconds. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, sometimes this is the way we are as parents. I like to call it pit stop parents. Because we're in a hurry all the time. Pick them up from school. How was your day? Do your homework. Eat your dinner. Take a shower. Brush your teeth. Go to bed. All in about 15 seconds. Actually, we're not quite that bad. Actually, statistics tell us that the average parent spends about 37 seconds a day in meaningful conversation with their child. 37 seconds a day. Let it sink in for a second. You know what our kids need from us? You know what's your greatest tool that you have to raise your children? Abundant time. Stop to take the time for them. And you know what they need? Man, they need it more than anything. They need you. They need you more than they need that new iPhone. They need you more than they need those new Adidas that they're begging for. And you're working two jobs to try to provide for them because you think that's what they need. I'll tell you what they really need. They need you. They need you to be there. They need you more than they need that perfectly clean house with all the beds made and all the clothes folded and all the stuff done. They, they need you. They need you more than they need to make the traveling team or to make straight A's or to get on the honor roll or whatever it is that you think is so important that you're running around doing all of this kind of stuff. And here's the greatest tool that we can give is sometimes to put down the dishes and to pick up the child. Sometimes to say, hey, instead of the traveling team, we're going to play rec team because we're going to do this thing together instead of you being at every uh, all over the place all the time and us not being together. Hey, instead of worrying about making straight A's, hey, we're going to get good grades but we're going to go outside and throw the ball a little bit. Instead of being on my phone all the time, I'm going to turn that off or put away the Netflix and we're going to spend some time together because that's what our children need the most. They need you. And I know some people go, well, like we do, we do quality time. We're not worried about quantity time because we're doing quality time. And I'll tell you, that doesn't work with kids because they don't know the difference. You know what they know? They know, are you there or are you not? And what we do is we run around, do all this stuff, and then, hey, I'll make up for it because we'll, we'll take a vacation and we'll spend some quality time together. And I tell you, you can't make up for in one week what you didn't do in 51 weeks in the year. 
We need to spend abundant time with our kids. And there are things that are important in life, but there's nothing more important than that. And let me just tell you this. I always thought I'd never say this because older guys would say this to me when I was a little kid. When I was, my little girls were little, but now I'm the older guy going to say it to you. And that is this, it goes faster than you think. I have a two-year-old son, but I also have a 15, or daughter's going to be 15 coming up in just a few weeks. And, I, and I've spent a lot of time with her and I still think, where did it go? What are our greatest tools in parenting is, is loving touch, abundant time. Number three, write this one down. Encouraging talk. Look what it says in verse 16. And he took the children in his arms and he put his hands on them and he what? He, he blessed them. Now, I, don't, I don't know what Jesus said. It's not recorded the exact words that he spoke, but we know it must have been encouraging. We know it must have been, it must have been positive. It must have been good because the Bible called it a blessing. And guess what? Moms and dads, like our words that we speak to our kids, they are powerful. The Bible says like this in Proverbs that the the tongue has the power of life and death. And I wonder as we're speaking words to our children and over our children, are we speaking into them life? Are we speaking death into them? And the truth is, is that even as adults, things that have been spoken to and over us when we were kids can still affect us even now. I mean, how many people are that way? Like still being affected by the words, the negative words that a dad spoke over them or that a mom or that an aunt or an uncle or someone that should have, that should have encouraged them spoke and now they're still dealing with it, still sitting in counselor's offices, still dealing with marriage strife and problems and all kinds of stuff because of words that were spoken when they were just little. And yet, then we look around and we see how many adults are successful in their lives and leading great lives and great families all can be traced back to the fact that dad spoke that word of encouragement or that positive thing of I love you and I believe in you and I'm proud of you. And they got the affirmation that they needed from the mom or the dad in their life and it affected them for the rest of their lives. Our words are incredibly powerful. In fact, it reminds me of the words that the Father in heaven speaks over his son here on this earth. It's found in the book, the book of Matthew chapter 3. The only recorded time where God spoke audibly in the New Testament. And look what he says. Verse 17, this is my son whom I love and I am well pleased with him. Think about the words that Jesus, that God spoke over Jesus on that day. He spoke words of affection. My son whom I, whom I love. He spoke words of affirmation. He's my son. I'm proud of him. He's a part of my family. He spoke words of approval. I am well pleased with him. And what, what would it do in people's lives, in our children's life, if we would speak these kind of words? Man, you are my son, and I love you no matter what. And I, I am affirming you as my son, and I'm showing you my affection, and I am encouraging you, and I believe in you. And no matter what you do, you're still going to be my son, and I'm still going to love you. In fact, these are the three most important things that you could say To your kids, if you're taking notes, you write them down because you need to say them on a consistent basis. You ready for the three most important words? I believe in you. I'm proud of you. And I love you no matter what. And you can't say those words enough to your kids. I believe in you. You can do anything. I believe in you. I'm proud of you, man. Look at how great you are and how great you're, you're beautiful. You're wonderful. You're awesome. And more importantly than any of that, I love you no matter what. 
Even if you never do anything to make me proud, even if you never do anything else, I will love you. And what a difference would it make in our children's lives if they heard these words from us on a consistent basis. Somebody say, man, pastor, I like, I didn't get this when I was growing up, man. And it, it's affected me. Others, man, my kids are grown and I didn't, I didn't get a chance. Let me just tell you, it's never too late. Man, you may not be able to make up for the years, but you can begin to speak these words and show this affection. And you can, and God can bring healing even in those situations. Some of you say, I'm not a parent. And like, how does this apply to me? I'll tell you, you can apply these same things to your relationships and it'll make a difference. In fact, what's the takeaway? Three things, write them down. Number one, we're going to share the love. Everybody say, share the love. Share the love. We're going to share it with the people around us. In fact, in your worship guides today and in your notes, I just gave you a little spot there. And I'm just going to ask you just just this question for this week to take away. What are three ways that I can give my children the love that they need this week? And in a minute, I'm going to give you time in the response time to write those, write those, to think about it and write it down and then do it. And some of you say, well, I'm not a parent. Well, you might write down what are three ways that I could show my spouse or my friends or my family members or my church family. How could I show them love this week? I'm going to share the love. Number two, I'm going to take the time. How could I be more intentional this week about giving my children the time that they need. Maybe you'd even write in the little blanks there. What are two ways that I could, that I could focus my attention? Maybe two distractions that I could put down to make sure and give my children the attention that they need this week. I'm not a parent. Okay. What about your spouse? What about your friends? What about the people in your life? In fact, this, this, for this series, we've given everyone a challenge. We call it the mealtime challenge. And the mealtime challenge just goes like this three times every week during this series, three times. Sit down with your family and have dinner together. I know that sounds old fashioned. Some people last week were like, well, you know, when I was growing up, we did that. And yes, but we don't do it anymore because we're so busy. We're running around. Our lives are hectic and we've got to get intentional. So we just said, hey, what if we just simply made it a goal that three times every, every week that we sit down together as a family, we even put some things in your worship guide to take home some questions that you can talk about at the dinner time, just to do this meal time. We gave you, we gave you these magnets last week. If you didn't get one last week, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get one this week where you can talk about with your family. What is our word going to be for this year? And what are our family goals going to be? Write them on the magnets with the Sharpie and stick it on your refrigerator so that you'll remember it so that you're intentional about giving your family and your loved ones and the people in your life the time that they need because man every relationship needs time number three not just going to share the love or take the time we're going to say the words what are what are a few practical and creative ways that you could speak words of blessing and encouragement in the lives of the people that you love this week it might be hey i need to need to write a note i need to send an email i need to post on their but on their Facebook or send them a text or have a conversation or get them a card or do something to speak words of life into these relationships. And you just write down there, what are, what are two or three ways that I'm going to be intentional about doing that this week? Because I'm telling you, this stuff, it makes a difference. You want to be a parent who will raise children who are blessed, you better give them loving touch. You better give them abundant time. You better give them encouraging talk. And if you will, your children will be just as these children were. They will be blessed and you will leave a godly inheritance for the next generation.